Also, just a quick heads up, there is use of foul language in this podcast, which might not be suitable for school-age children. Now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unsealed Lips. This podcast is hosted by Laura Yesayan Paloma. We are three high school friends from East LA and have now graduated from college. We are sharing our stories in the hopes of inspiring other women alike. So welcome back to another episode of Unsealed Lips. Today, we're going to go ahead and discuss study abroad. And I'll go ahead and go first. So I am Laura. I attended UCLA and graduated in 2017. Um, So I studied abroad my first year in college. I wanted to go ahead and experience something new because I knew that there was that option of, of going abroad and taking a course. And I was a science major. And I knew that they had a program over there in England where I could take all my, um, I could um, take all my physics requirements there. And at first, I had the understanding that it was going to be algebra-based, but little did I, I came to find out that it was actually calculus-based, so it was much harder than it had been the previous years. Um, I went to my study abroad office and just went ahead and find, found out more about how the hell I was going to pay for this because my parents didn't have the money to go ahead and fly me out to England. Um, so I did have a full ride scholarship, but the thing is that the... She's a Gates scholar. Sorry, go on. Uh, so I did get... I'm a Gates scholar, so meaning that I got a... She got well, her education paid by Bill Gates, a motherfucker himself. Go on. Yes. I, well, you heard from Paloma. Uh, but the thing is that they don't pay for summer, so that would have to come out from financial aid. So they only offer grants, from what I know, that they only offer a certain amount of grants. I don't know if study abroad is just loans, because I did get loans for studying abroad. If you go um, during the year, it's not just loans. It's, they give you a normal financial aid package. Okay, so from what I remember, I got, I, I got loans to go do that trip abroad. I think my flight to England was about 1G. So, <laughs> but, uh, so I went ahead and applied for the program. There was not a guarantee that I was going to get in, but I got an email saying that I was in. And um, I was very excited to go abroad. I told my parents <laughs> that moment that I found out. But it felt a little bit surreal because... I've never really gone out of, I never have, at that, at that moment in time, I had not traveled outside of the U.S., not even Mexico, even though TJ is very close to us. <laughs> uh, but, so yes, it was a little bit surreal just um, seeing myself there, but uh, it was very emotional just boarding the plane seeing, because I got there and I went inside this bus and then I saw a bunch of a bunch of green space, which you don't really see here. <laughs> there's not a, a, yeah, everything, there's a bunch of buildings. Uh, if you're from LA, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I went there. I went, I was in the bus. I arrived to university. The thing is, for this particular program, they just put you with UC students. So I didn't really get to take courses with English people, all those students that were in my courses were UC students, so University of California students. So we were all grouped together. And funny story that when I arrived there, um, they did not have water inside my flat, which is what they call their dorms. There was no water. I was new there. I felt um, it was very different. And it was just this, like, I went it was one bedroom, there was a restroom there, but I didn't really know where everything was. So I had gone to an orientation earlier on and I had um, this orange juice and I took it to my room and then I became thirsty and couldn't find where the water was at. How the hell was I gonna drink water? And where was where were the stores where I was gonna buy all my groceries and everything? So I was literally 
drinking like one sip of orange juice so it could last me to <laughs> whenever I like until I found my source of water. <laughs> but um, I don't know how I was able to. I don't know. I think I just drank faucet water, which I think is pretty clean there. But uh, I'm an LA person, and of course we're we're bougie like that. <laughs> oh no, Latinas like that because. Over here in LA, growing up, you always go to that um, markets where they filter water, and that's how you fill fill your gallons. And I, until in college, I found out that that was a, a lot of um, Mexican American people actually do that. That they go to these places, while a lot of people just drink tap water. So we're a little bit. <laughs> so it's like in my culture, in the Mexican American culture, it's very common for us to go to. Um, <laughs> Uh, tienda and fill our gallons with this purified water <laughs> and I had that same mentality when I was there in England where am I going to get my filtered water <laughs> but it's pretty clean they have a pretty good um, water system there so it rains so you ain't drinking someone's piss too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yes that, that sacrifice shouldn't have happened happened but <laughs> there I was with my LA mentality that I had to have filtered water <laughs> well I'm just the water here so it's like I'm with you I'll get to it when I get to mine mm-hmm. um, but yes that's what happened I was almost gonna die of dehydration <laughs> <laughs> not at all over dramatic I'm just telling the facts <laughs> Uh, and also the program that I did was the study abroad in Sussex. So I was at the University of Sussex in Brighton, England. So that's where that was where I was studying, and it was very lovely because. I'm trying to be professional here. You're killing my vibe. I'm sorry. Love me. Oh, this is my new turn, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I sidetracked. Um, so, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed my time there. I was able to find the proper transportation to go to the market there, and I was able to visit their beaches. And also, I got to visit the University of Cambridge. It was really nice just seeing that old English architecture. And um, I believe that Newton studied there and um, I bought myself a sweater. <laughs> and when we were in high school, we swore we were gonna go to Cambridge University. Oh yeah, we were. <laughs> that was a dream, that was, that was us, but I was there, and then we saw like, what is it? Um, we were learning that there was international student prices and we're like, nah, they can't charge us that, we're poor. <laughs> and then we wouldn't get paid to go there, you know, like, you know, like what is it, for um, financial aid. Because you had brought it up that it was free over there, the education. And it was a great, like, it would have been great. Okay, we had dreams. We had a house and aspirations. Yeah, so we did want to study at the University of Cambridge at one point. And we legitimately, well, I legitimately thought I would get in. <laughs> but it's a competitive university, so we actually did not have the grades. And I don't think we never, we did not apply, I so. Apply. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> um, so... I went to go visit the University of Cambridge. Um, I took the courses. The courses that I was taking were physics courses, so that did mean that I was ha- had to be on top of my studies. I did end up going to one of their clubs, and over here when you go clubbing, they're playing like booty shaking <laughs> music, <laughs> and over there they were playing like Taylor Swift, so there was not much booty shaking one can do there. <laughs> So that was very new to me because I I was not used to that type of music. So I was just there, like, as waving my arms and just doing whatever that, what they were doing. So they were not doing whatever, though. I, I believe they had some sort of choreography in place for that type of music. But I'm not used to that to dancing to that type of music. So I didn't really know. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm hood. 
So I didn't know how to boogie to Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was something interesting. And now back to me studying there. So I was taking physics courses. So I did have to be on top of my studies. Um, it was challenging because I don't know, like I always question myself. And the thing is now that I look back, I shouldn't have done that too much. Um, there was, I felt a little bit intimidated with the course and just like my, the knowledge that I had. And, but I was able, I did struggle, but I did have a good support system in regards to I had friends and we were able to study together. And the thing was that our grade was determined by, I believe, 20 questions or 30 questions total, including the midterm. So there was no side credit that you could get. So if you get that one question wrong, so if you get one question wrong, that is pretty much it. You cannot get some like extra points here and there. So <laughs> I really have to study and make sure that I got those multiple choice um, questions correct. Oh, it was curved, so yeah, that was good. You see, you had a one in, what is it, four chances basically to get it right, so you got 25% on the test no matter what. Like, I got a one in four chance. <laughs> I mean, just keep on and hoping for the best. Yeah. Well, I did pass, and then I came back to California, and that was that. I'm just kidding. Oh, it's funny because there was there, there's also the story where I bought a shitload of wine, and then the thing is that I was, I believe the legal age to drink there is somewhere around 18 years old, and over here it's 21 mm -hmm. years old, and I have bought a shitload of wine because I was um, planning to give those as souvenirs uh, to my family, <laughs> and then there was like I was reading too much into the internet, and they're saying like, oh. If, you know, it's legal to buy that alcohol there in England, but to bring it here to the U.S. and then you're not of age, then it becomes a little bit illegal. And, of course, I don't want to be stopped by the <laughs> I hate confrontation, so I would, yeah, that would have not been a good scene. You would have seen Laura crying there and begging <laughs> to get my mama on the phone. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I was there that night, the night before my plane, drinking, chugging on that wine because it was expensive wine and I didn't want to <laughs> let it go too late. And it was funny because my other friend had also bought a shitload of wine and she was also doing the same thing. So we were all, <laughs> so we were like messaging each other like, are you done? And I'm like, but we, we like got a taste of each wine. We at least got to taste. Each one. <laughs> Y'all could have just brought it. I'll be like, I spent too much fucking money on this. Worst they can tell me, throw it away. Fine, motherfucker. I'll throw it away. But I want my money back or something. I don't know. I'll just about it. <laughs> but yeah, that happens. And that is me. Now I'm going to pass it along to Yesenia. Hey, everybody. This is Yesenia speaking. And I will be sharing with you my study abroad stories. Um, where can I? Let's see. Where do I start? Um... Well, I studied abroad twice while I was at Dickinson. Both programs were in the summer. My first study abroad experience was the summer after my freshman year. I went to Spain. I went to Malaga, which is a city in the southern part of Spain along the Mediterranean Sea. Going to Spain was my very first international trip ever. It was the country that I had traveled for, traveled to for the first time outside the U.S., the first time to go even further away from home. Um, prior to going to Spain, um, I had to advocate for myself and say, I really want to go on this trip. And these are the reasons why I should be given the opportunity. I didn't have the requirements for it. I speak the language. So I could understand it and I could write it and I can have a full-on conversation. I didn't take the class.
classes at Dickinson because I had tested out of out of my language requirement, but I really wanted to study abroad. I wanted to study abroad because when I first walked into the cafeteria at Dickinson, I noticed all of the country flags where Dickinson had partnership with universities around the world. There was the Japanese flag, the South Korean flag, uh, China's flag. There were all of these countries like France, Spain, um, Britain. Um, and seeing those flags made me want to sort of pursue this opportunity that Dickinson gave to its students. So I made sure that in the spring of my first year in college, I would have that chance. I applied, I talked to a professor, and I was like, I really want to go. I think I would highly benefit from this. And I got accepted, and I got to go to Spain. And in Spain, I got to see so much. Um, I got to see a lot of different places. Not only did we study there for five weeks over the summer and help with translation projects at local museums in that city. Uh, But we also got to visit different parts of the Andalusia region Um, in Spain. We got to travel to three different places. I got uh, we would we would have like these weekend excursions to different places. I got to see the uh the mosque of Cordoba, which is called La Mesquita, and it is this beautiful architectural building where you get to see the Catholic religion. Um, be merged with the Islamic religion. It's a mosque within a cathedral, and it was beautiful. Um, And while we were there, um, we also got to explore the city of Cordoba um, and just see the history of, of things that I had read in my world history class in high school, and it was just, oh my goodness, it was great. Um, Another place that we got to visit was Alhambra, and that is located in Granada. It is a palace. It is this huge fortress. Um, Lots of history there. Um, Very Instagrammable. And I just, we had seen pictures, and I was like, oh my goodness, I am... in Europe, and I'm seeing all of this rich history of these older buildings, and I just, I was amazed. Um, let's see, uh, the third place that we got to visit was Ronda, and Ronda is this city that is located in this, like, huge mountaintop, um, And there's a bridge that connects the old town to the new town. And it was beautiful. I got to see this huge Plaza de Toros there and see how high this city had been, how high this city was um, in this mountain area. And yeah, those were just three of the places we went to visit. Um, one of the memories that I have from Spain that I, like, really cherish is that the 13 of us or so that went in that program, we took on, uh, took on this project of creating our own excursion as college students. So we planned a trip to go together to Nerja. And go see Las Cuevas de Nerja, which are caves underground. And to really enjoy the beautiful beaches that Spain is known for in the Mediterranean, along the Mediterranean Sea. Um, in, Ro- 
in Nedha, I got to, um, what's, what is it called? Um, I got to, oh my goodness, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's the little boat. Um, not snorkeling. Um, what is it? Oh, I remember. I went kayaking um, in the Mediterranean Sea, and I got to see these really beautiful um, outdoor caves, and that was a lot of fun. That was one of the most fun times I had in Spain. Um, other fun times that I had in Spain, uh, a little bit more of, like, crazy stories were that as a 19 year old I got to drink <laughs> legally uh, and I got to drink a lot that summer I drank so much tinto de verano and it was with my friends we were at the beach I while I was abroad I lived with a host mother and a host father and they lived right across the beach like, I just needed to exit their home, cross the street, and there I was. In La Playa de los Palos or something like that. Um, and um, in Spain, you are allowed to be topless. So there was a time when I went running along the, along the sea um, and Spain is known for having really hot days in the summer. So at some point during my run, I was like, oh my goodness, I am too hot. So I like took the liberty of being topless in a beach abroad uh, without having any repercussions and just be free-spirited, I guess. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, another crazy story is that I will, that is that while I was abroad uh, in Spain, I went to discotecas. So these were they were dance clubs that we and the group uh, would get together on Fridays and Saturday nights, and we'd take the bus into the city and then just dance for hours. Um, it was, there was a specific bar where, like, students that also studied abroad in Malaga would go to, and there was this flag of Dickinson with student signatures, and that was really cool to see because somehow, in this small way, we were connected, and it was new and exciting, but it also was relatable because of stories I had heard from other students before I went abroad. It was just great. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, so on the nights we went to the discotecas, um, I would dance a lot because I love dancing. Um, and we would be there until like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. There was one night where we stayed up until like 5 a.m. because we really wanted to have... Um, chocolate caliente, so hot chocolate, and these churros um, early in the morning. So that was quite an experience to stay up that late in a foreign country in a city that I had only been there for no more than 30 some days. Um, it was very memorable. And yeah, um, uh, other fun things about going to the, to the discotecas on the weekends was that, like, we would take the bus around 2 in the morning or so, and the bathroom was terrible in the clubs, but then also we drank so much, so, like, we always needed to pee after we went that first time. So we were 
we, there were a couple of times when we were waiting for the bus and we, a bunch of us couldn't like wait to get home so what we did is we would pee in the bushes and like make sure that like nobody was around and like be alert for the bus so that nobody missed it it was a quite a bonding experience for like the 10 or so of us that really enjoyed going out into the city um Something else that I really enjoyed about Spain were those sunsets. They were gorgeous. They were picturesque. The days in Spain were long days. Um, and they were warm. And I loved wearing my shorts and my dresses and um, my skirts. And for it being my first time, I was like mesmerized by it all and I wanted more of it I wanted to travel again so I applied to a different study abroad program my my sophomore year or the fall semester of my junior year and it was for a study abroad program to Japan um, it was a comparative research program that was going to study the quality of life for older adults living in the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area and the quality of life of older adults living in Akita, Japan, which is a northern city in Japan, um, next to Hokkaido, and I applied, and I was given the opportunity to participate, so for this study abroad program, I took a semester-long course, or maybe two, I can't remember, but it was two specific courses that were going to prepare us for the summer, and it was about learning the healthcare in the United States and how it differed or was similar to that of Japan's and what the quality of life has been summarized by other researchers um, and learn about the history of various uh, things relating to our quality of life study. And this program was um, was eight weeks long, eight weeks long over the summer of 2015, the year before I graduated college. And I mean, I still can't believe that I've been to Japan. Like, <laughs> like oh my goodness. Um, so, let's see. What else can I say about Japan? Mm. Ooh, financially speaking, um, I had to take, well, I had to ask my parents to take out a Parent PLUS loan, which I'm currently paying, but I'm only $1,000 away, uh, from being completely done. Um, and... It was worth it. Like, paying that money back was totally worth it. I enjoyed my time in Japan. I not only got to bond with three other Dickinson students, but I got to meet and know really well four Japanese students that were there the spring before we went on this trip. Um, so we bonded over that time, not only in class, but also out of class. And then over the summer when we got to all live together and cook meals and work diligently on this project that we had before we went to Japan, like, we, we got along pretty well and it, it, it is, it's surprising that for my, for that particular study abroad program, there were only two 
girls and the rest were male. Um, so there were six boys and two girls. And they were very dominant in their own way, but it was really nice just to... to, uh, I guess, experience studying abroad with a less uh, different group than that of Spain. Because for Spain, there were only two guys and the rest of the 13 some students were girls. Uh, so it was interesting to see the dynamic of my two different study abroad experiences. And I love them both. Um, so continuing, uh, continuing to talk more about Japan, uh, when, so in Japan, um, we arrived to Tokyo, and in Tokyo, we got to visit different organizations to talk about our topic and learn a little bit more about the healthcare, uh, system in that country, but we also got to explore the city of Tokyo, we got to eat really good food. Um, one of the students, one of the Japanese students, he like told us that one thing that you must do while, one thing that we must do while we are here is go to the fish market. We gotta wake up super early at like one or two a.m. We didn't go to the fish market until like four or five. <laughs> uh, we missed out on like seeing all of the great things that needed to be seen at the fish market, but. We got to eat the best sushi I've ever had till this day. It is fresh fresh sushi and it is it was delicious. Um, so after Tokyo we worked our way up to Akita and in Akita we got to interview older adults and I don't know the Japanese language but the four students the four Japanese students real like we American students relied heavily on them to one translate the transcripts of those interviews but also summarize to us um, what it is that these older adults were, were saying about their quality of life or just reflecting on how they enjoyed and made the most out of their life. And something that I learned and took away from Jap my Japanese, from studying abroad in Japan, is this concept of ikigai, which is a concept that is defined as finding a reason for being. Um, there's a diagram for it. You can look it up, and it is uh, very colorful. Um, but it's divided into four different circles that overlap and in the middle the word ikigai stands on its own and ikigai it's this like realization or maybe some sort of nirvana where not only do you love what you not only do you love something but you're get paid for it and you're really good at it and it's something that the world needs and when your passion and your mission your vocation your profession all come together you get this sense of ikigai this uh beautiful encounter about life's wonders um so that's something that i sort of had kept alive in my memories and strive to implement in my everyday life because some of the stories that I heard from these older Japanese um these yeah these older Japanese men and women like they have so much to say and said it so eloquently in their own language that I was like oh my goodness like this is like, thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for showing forward, showing us, like, what we should be focusing on. Like, we shouldn't be necessarily working our butt off every single day, but really also try to enjoy life 
Um, so yeah. Um, let's see some fun stories from Japan. Um, were that there were these really cool places in the area where we could where you could go and pay one fee and you will get to eat all you wanted and drink all you wanted for two hours. So we did that very often on the weekends. Um, we would go we would take the bus into like the downtown area of Akita, Akita and reserve these huge tables and sit comfortably on the floor and just order a bunch of different food items. The Japanese students did an amazing job of immersing us and like making us feel welcome and really experience as much as we could during the time that we were there. Um, so much so that they took um, a few of us to these hot springs somewhere in the north. I forget what they're really called, but they had a women's section and a men's section, but they also had a co-ed section. And at these specific hot springs, you had to be naked. <laughs> so we started off with the co-ed section. So it was like four or five guys and then just two girls. And we were like, okay, cool. So we're doing this. Great. And at the time I had a boyfriend. So I was like, when I told him, he's just like, haha, okay, cool. Um, and I was like, well, it's, you know, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Whatever no matter what you say, um, and so I did it, and it was a great experience, very relaxing, and then I got to continue that naked journey at these hot springs with, um, my friend, Nali, uh, and relax a little bit more, yeah, and then after the four weeks of doing our research and like presenting to this, uh, to this crowd at the university, uh, Shogo, one of the Japanese students, was very welcoming and invited all of us American students and um, and his other friends in the group to join him and go to Kyoto. And in Kyoto, he showed us around the and showed us around and we went to various places we went to the golden temple the day we went to the golden temple i got i got sick i think i got food poisoning or something because like i needed to go to the bathroom more often than i could imagine and i felt terrible but i was like we don't have that many days here in kyoto I may be sick, but we are doing this, and I am going out, and I'm going to enjoy it and put this great smile for the pictures because I want to show my parents that I've been here and then also just have memories to recall and uh, and, and see through uh, in, later, in later years. Um, but yeah, both... My study abroad experiences in Spain and Japan um, grew my love for wanting to explore new places, to immerse myself in new cultures. Um, I did have a desire to learn new languages, but unfortunately, I don't do that well in learning languages. I, as a bilingual person, I have a hard time sometimes going back from English to Spanish when I'm translating on the spot and when I speak too much English and don't have that many opportunities to speak Spanish, I have a hard time trying to find my words um, to even have a simple conversation with someone that does speak Spanish because I've just been around English so much. So in adding another language, I would definitely have a harder time navigating the grammar, the structure, the syntax, like everything about the languages. Um, 
while I was at Dickinson, I did go to the Portuguese table and, like, try to learn at least one of the romance languages. Uh, didn't work out well. I was just confused, but it was nice being able to meet other people uh, from around the world in a very comfortable setting where we just ate. <laughs> um, and I also tried learning French through Duolingo, and that didn't go well, and I was like, uh, no, I'm just going to stick to English and Spanish. But someday, one day, when I do have the time to really focus and, I guess, transfer the skill of discipline uh, to learning a language, I'll try to see if I can pick something up. Um, but after studying abroad, I got to travel to other places. Um, I've been to Canada, I've been to Mexico, and hopefully soon I get to return to Europe and far away, maybe um, go explore um, Asia again as well. Um, would love to go to Australia. <laughs> Uh, but we'll see. Only time will tell. But the travel bug is very much a part of me, and I want to do it more of it, whether it's abroad, locally, or nationally here in the U.S. Um, and I would highly recommend it if, like, you have the funds for it, or even if you need to take out a loan, do it. Like, pay for it when you do you have your first or your second job out of college like it's a great experience it's not vacation but it very much feels like it and it's a very structured way of learning new things about a culture a place that and eat great food and maybe even have your drinks paid by by the program <laughs> um but, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend it because when I went to Spain that summer, I felt at the, my highest. It's not, I didn't peak that summer and I haven't peaked and, you know, knock on wood that I continue to grow and develop and learn more about myself and the world around me and the people that I cherish and strangers that I meet, um, but that summer, oh my goodness, I felt like I was on top of the world. I felt on my best physically, emotionally, socially. I was like, bring it on. Like, I very much deserve this and I want to continue these kinds of experiences and go through more journeys like it. Um, it's a great way to learn more about yourself and a great way to also see more of the world outside of the place that you grew up or the place that you decided to go to for college. Um, and even if you don't go to college and you decide to work straight out of high school, like, try to save money. Really tr treat yourself to paying yourself first. So that you may be able to treat yourself to things that you want. But of the things that you want, I would say pay for great experiences that are going to be amazing stories to tell in the future. So pay for experiences that are here, that are, that are local, that are nearby that are abroad, whatever the case may be, but really travel, whether that's national parks, whether those are different cities in the United States, or uh, doing a Europe trip, whatever the case may be, like, do it, make time for it, because there will be a time where it's, like, going to be very difficult uh, to travel whenever you can because of vacation days and sick days and whatnot, right? But if you are intentional and also if you have friends that love to do that as well or a partner that enjoys traveling, like, be sure to schedule time 
in a in the year to immerse yourself and disconnect um but yeah those are my study abroad experiences and i guess I'm reflecting and encouraging you encouraging you all to study abroad or travel abroad um i hope you also get to enjoy the food and meet amazing people and hear new stories um yeah cool (laughs) thank you and i'm gonna pass it on to paloma (laughs) so i'm paloma y'all know and i studied abroad in sweden now as you heard these bitches went ahead and studied abroad on their first year of college and i was just there like a little what is it i lived vicariously through them i was like tell me more how was this you know like i needed to know everything i needed the pictures but i never did it and then my third year of college i was like I never became an RA, I never became a, what is it, EAP mentor, I never even studied abroad, and I was just busy bitching about my life, and I was bitching to one of my friends, and he was like, well, it's not too late, you can actually apply to be an RA for next year, or you can go ahead and apply to be an EAP for next year, and even right now, they're still accepting, what is it, applications to study abroad, so I'm really glad I bitched to this friend, because that inspired me to actually go ahead and apply. I was like, you know what, that's right. Why the fuck am I bitching about my life if I can do something about it, you know? So tip of the day, well, tip of this one is do it. <laughs> Just do it. Okay. And I, when I studied abroad is that I am a full financial aid student. That doesn't mean that I get nothing but grants. That just means that somehow, what is it, financial aid needs to figure out how to cover me for the entire year. And... um this was my last year in was going to be my last year in college and so what they gave to me was a lot of loans but they also gave me grants um that's how i paid for it and they meet your need at least at uc santa cruz i think it's a uc thing where they go ahead and um if let's say okay so studying in santa cruz for the year was i think 30 grand um, no, no, it was 32 grand, but yet studying abroad for the year in Sweden was 30 grand. Um, it was cheaper to go ahead and study in Sweden for the year than it was at UC Santa Cruz. But most of the time in most countries, it costs more. So if it costed more, they'll go ahead and um, fund you that extra amount. So um, the thing is about that is that I couldn't pay for my plane ticket until I got my financial aid package. So um in there is that they would kind of like micromanage it and they were like so why haven't you bought your ticket yet we need we need to know when you're arriving and stuff like that and so i told them i'm like i can't purchase it until i receive my financial aid what i didn't like was they're like oh well you should try to go ahead and borrow the money or figure it out and stuff like that bitch don't you think i would have done that already if i could who fucking said i wanted to pay over a grand for this fucking plane ticket nobody uh, i had to get over that so I went and said, so I told her, I was like, I don't have that option. I apologize. I have to wait until I receive my financial aid. So I got it. I paid for my ticket. Um, it came out to about a grand. And my, <laughs> uh, I had to stay at a hostel on the first night. That was the first time I stayed in a hostel. And I always heard like, oh, hostels are dirty. They're nasty. Yada, yada, yada. And my hostel was so clean. I was like, damn, this is so nice. And then it had a curtain for my bunk bed. And it was great. I I liked it. Um, and then my room, I got a room um, in Sweden. Originally, I was supposed to be there only for half of the year. Um, and it was my room all to myself. And it came with a restroom. And that was only like $400, $450 for a month. And I used to pay over a grand for a month to stay in a triple small triple at uc santa cruz like the price difference is like unbelievable i was like what kind of shit is it you know like what um and we i got it i had to share like the kitchen and then the living room area and stuff like that but i didn't mind it because i got even more out of that than i did at you know at the uc um while we arrived there in the summer, I was supposed to have studied only at Loon University, but when you arrive there in the summer, is that they um, make you, well, they have you take a language, like a culture course, and I'm glad that they do, because obviously, no, really few people know Swedish, it's not a very common language, 
and Swedes do speak English, so I didn't really have like that difficulty um, like communicating with people because a lot of them, like 90% of the population is fluent in English. They learned since like elementary school. Um, but it's nice, you know, to try to learn their language. Obviously, you're living in their country. You know, you want to go ahead and um, understand it. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting as well was when I had, when I finally went back um, for Lund University, like the normal university, was that, okay, so the class, it would say, oh, class starts at um, 10 in the morning. And then I remember getting there and there was nobody there. And I was like, this at 10 in the morning for today. I was like looking around. I'm like, did I get this wrong? Um, but in reality, so what happened back in the days that obviously clocks weren't common. And so all they had was one clock and I was like at the church. And so what is it? Um, you would ring the bell, you know, like one, two, three, you know what time it was. And so if it says class starts at 10, is that it actually starts at 10, 15? Um, because they expected people to wherever you were in the city, once you heard the bells to go ahead and arrive to your class in 15 minutes. And I thought that was interesting. Um, what else? I was part of this nation. So there you have like sorority, fraternity, organization things. And um, Sweden is about the size of California. And they have two main universities, two of the big universities, it's Lund University, which is in the south. And there's um, Uppsala. It's it's not super north, but it's, like, around Stockholm. At first, I thought that Stockholm was, like, all the way up there, like, when I would, because, you know, when I learned that Sweden was, like, the size of California, I was like, okay, so Stockholm is around, I don't know, where you expect San Francisco to be, right? No, it's, like, kind of in the middle. Well, not even in the middle. It's, like, the third of the country, like, at the bottom. And you're like, well, what? How is this considered the north? Whatever. I guess I was an idiot. <laughs> I'm not going to question this. Um, and... Um, there's different regions within Sweden, and so you originally, because they felt, you know, you feel kind of a culture shock, even if you're still within your own country, you still feel culture shocked by going to a different part of your own country, like, um, SoCal is different from NorCal, even, like, when I go to San Diego, when I go ahead and party in San Diego, like, these, like, at Gaslam, they're actually wearing heels and dresses and stuff, I'm like, oh, you guys go all out, and then when you go to San Francisco or something like that, like, going out means, like, okay, so I'm gonna wear, like, my nice pair of jeans and a blouse, I don't know, <laughs> it's a lot of a different, um, things, and so what they did was that, um, they had these nations based on where you were in the region, um, after a while, is that you can join whichever nation you wanted. You didn't have to be at the part of the country you were from. So I joined Blekingska. And, well, I actually didn't join Blekingska. I just volunteered all of my time there. <laughs> and I, I do not regret it in the least. Blekingska was the best thing. So also, um, I, as I said, I was a financial aid student. And I lost a lot of weight while I studied abroad because... I didn't have the money to travel. Like when they go ahead and give you your financial aid package is that they don't include money for traveling because that's not part of an expense. So I had to take out some of the money for food. I had to take out some of the, like I went ahead and made sure I paid my rent and stuff like that. Um, but like in the other things is that I had to, I really budgeted. And I went and I, well, I studied abroad. I visited Rome, London, Paris, Copenhagen and stuff and um, I couldn't afford food and when I studied well when I volunteered at Blekingska is that you get a meal for like they feed you for when you volunteer and then they give you a meal ticket so they don't actually pay you wages they just give you a meal ticket and that meal ticket was everything to me <laughs> so I would volunteer on average like let's say I worked at the pub so they had a Wednesday pub I would get my burger from the pub, and then I'd get a ticket for working the pub, and then I would work on Friday for uh, Sydney, 
Oh, what I loved so much was, like, they had, like, you know, when you watch, like, Game of Thrones or whatever, and you see, like, feasts and stuff like that, and you hear, like, drinking games, or, like, like not drinking games, but they're drinking, and then, they're, like, they, what is it, they bang their things on the table and stuff, like, they have songs like that, you know, and then there's, like, I don't even know what they're saying, but I'm, like, shingling, whatever, um, what is it, sorry, Tisklen, and that's, Tisklen is, like, Germany, like, I don't know, it was so cool, and then they, like, use a bottle, and then they make, like, these weird sounds, I don't know. Um, but it was super cool. Okay, so when I studied abroad is that they don't have RAs, actually. Um, like they do over here, residential advisors, and basically they try not to, you know, they try to be chill with you and everything like that. Um, but they go ahead and snitch on you if they catch you drinking or smoking weed and doing, you know, being disruptive in general. Um, over there, he wasn't an RA, but he was in charge. So my first interaction with this guy is like, hi, my name is Paloma. And he's like, hi, I'm Oscar. I'm in charge. And you're like, okay, so you're in charge. And then you're like, damn, daddy, yes, you're in charge. Like, <laughs> that, that, no, that's what Paloma thought. And um, when I was there, so they don't have dining halls. And so I had to cook. And every time I cooked, is that somehow he was in the kitchen. And so I would offer him food. And he always said yes. I'm going to tell you right now, Paloma can't cook. Like, I can't cook for shit. But it made me feel so good. Que nunca me rechazó un plato de comida. I would tell him, hey, you want some food? I'm cooking this. It siempre me dijo, yeah, sure, whatever, you know? And I felt good about that. And what is it? Like, and he would wait for me, you know, to finish cooking and stuff. And we'd have a conversation. Um, so I felt like we were more than just like acquaintances. We were more than acquainted with each other. We were actually friends. And um, I had like, because the thing is, is that it's also, sometimes it's nice solitary work, you know, like um, therapeutic to you follow directions and just do it and stuff like that and have your headphones in. But other times it's cooking is boring, you know? It's like, what the fuck? You know, I want to eat already. <laughs> You're kind of bored and tired. Um, and so I had friends over and we would cook together. And he would be there, and he'd be like, yeah, I'll go ahead and try it. Even all the times it was shitty, and I knew it was shitty because everybody else told me it was shitty, he would just go ahead and say, yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> it was a friend that you kind of get a feeling that could have been more, but you're like, no, it's not. You know, like, don't go ahead and ruin something good. Like, why are you going to ruin a friendship like that, you know? And so I, you never I – didn't, I didn't go for it. And then I went back in – November of 2017 for the ball. So also, you get these little medals when you go to a ball. So at first, when I saw all these guys wearing medals on their jackets, I was like, oh, are they in the military? You know, like military medals kind of shit, you know, that you put at the breast of your pocket. And they're like, oh, no, you get a medal just for going to the ball. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So you get a medal for going to a party? That's like none other. <laughs> like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I need a few of those. And either way, I didn't go when I, I couldn't afford it. Um, so when I was studying abroad is that the thing is you have to pay for the ticket and then you have to pay because it's a, a legit ball. So like think about prom and you know, like there's the hoochie mamas who wants to go ahead and wear the, like their little sexy ass dresses kind of shit. Like, no, 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 no. I mean, like this is like a legit full length evening gown that you should be wearing with like chiffon material kind of shit. You know, ain't no hoochie mama. If you want to go hoochie mama, it better at least be a long ass dress. Okay. Kind of hoochie. Um, so I was like, I can't afford the ticket. And then the, what is it? The pinchy dress and all the things that come along with it. So I decided to just volunteer to work for the ball. And it was a really great experience just even volunteering to work there. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to go back, I was like, okay, fuck it. And he was still there because he kind of lives in that city in a way. I don't know. It's a little different. Um, and I told him, oh, we should meet up. And he was like, okay. And there was this crepery uh, that I really, really liked while I was there. And I told him we should go to this crepery. And he was like, okay. Uh, later, I learned that he does not like sweet things. He calls sweet things bullshit. And I low-key, like, seriously judged him when we went to the crepery place, and this motherfucker got a savory crepe. That's the first time in my life I've ever seen a fucking savory crepe. Like, it had, like, fucking cheese and ham and rush mushrooms and, like, different vegetables on it. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I was, like, busy eating my own crepe, but I was busy, like, looking at his, like, what the fuck is this person doing? You know, like, what the fuck? I don't know. Um, and so we talked, and then after we went to um, this other place and we talked some more, and then when we left, um, like, we parted ways, you know, you hug, and you're like, goodbye. 
and he hugged me and the thing is is that he actually you know what is it when you're a kid and they hug you and then they lift you up he actually hugged me and lifted my fat ass up the ground i was like damn i'm in love a quick note we love our bodies and do not mean to offend anyone we do not support any sort of body shaming thank you for listening and we will see you soon. Please share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unsealed Lips.